You are listening to Sparking Wholeness with Erin Carey, where we talk about all things related to nutrition for mind, body, and soul. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey, everybody, it's Erin Carey, and welcome back to Sparking Wholeness. I am so excited to introduce you to Cassie Joy Garcia. She is a New York Times bestselling author of The Cook Once Dinner Fix, Cook Once, Eat All Week, and Fed and Fit, as well as the creative force behind the popular food blog, Fed and Fit. Oh, and it's beautiful food pictures, you guys. You, you got to check it out. Eager to share her healthy living secrets with the world, she started Fed and Fit in 2011. Since then, she became a holistic nutrition consultant and transitioned her personal blog into a tremendously supportive and nimble online wellness editorial backed by a small but mighty team of writers, researchers, and editors. After realizing that her own struggles to get a healthy homemade dinner on the table overlapped with the same struggles experienced by her readers, she decided that there must be a better way. The Cook Once Method was born, and it has revolutionized how people cook. She lives in San Antonio, Texas, with her husband and two children. So thank you. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being on. Thank you so much for having me. This is going to be a fun conversation because I love to talk about food and I love to talk about health. So we're going to dig into all of it. So I kind of want to know where did this passion come from? Like what, where does your story merge with what you do? Oh my gosh. Well, it was one of those moments when I was, I was in my early twenties. So I spent, started that 10 benefit, you know, a little over 10 years ago. And in my early twenties, I professionally was really interested in health and nutrition um, as a profession. And I was also going through my own health struggles. Right. And what I know now that I didn't know then what was actually happening was I just had a really unhealthy gut and the constant state of chronic inflammation that was causing some issues that at the time I didn't realize were optional. And so, um, eventually, you know, I was doing, pursuing this training and, and a career in this world. And then all of a sudden I thought, oh my gosh, what if I just thought about this for my, my own application? And what if I took myself on as a kind of a first client and, you know, dug into the literature and see what's out there and what's fresh. Um, and that's really where it, it all started. I took my, I, I joke, I took myself on as my first client, but that's really how it felt was I was like, I'm going to problem solve for myself and see if I can't get to the bottom of this. Well, I love how you share that because I find that to be so common with so many people that I interview, the reason they have gotten into their specialty, whether it's, you know, through health, nutrition, consulting, coaching, um, all functional medicine, all of it, it comes from mm-hmm. a personal struggle or a child's struggle or whatever. And so I love that you share that because it does, there is a passion behind what you do and it comes from your own journey. And so I, I love hearing that. I love that you mentioned gut health. Can you expand a little bit on that? Cause we love to talk about gut health here. Oh yeah, you bet. Oh, same. Well then when I'm in good company to talk about it, cause you know, when you, uh, there was once upon a time where I was giving a keynote at this gala and everyone was eating dinner and I talked to, I mentioned gut health and I, I saw some people put their forks down. <laughs> yeah. I've been there. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know, uh, what, what we're talking about. Um, I, I just really had, I had a lot of food intolerances that I have healed from. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one in particular that I think is going to be a forever one, maybe for me. 
uh, wheat gluten. It just mm-hmm. causes migraines and a, and a and major pain and inflammation. I should probably, I could, I'm not to should myself. I could get tested for celiac, but I just don't want to go through the test. I don't want to yeah. have, you know, two weeks of migraines, um, to have that come back and just show that I should avoid something I'm avoiding anyways. But, um, I realized that where it really started was I thought, gosh, you know what? I, when I started diving into the literature early on, I thought there's, it seems to be that there are foods that can cause inflammation and foods that can help detract from inflammation in the body. And I thought, what if I just very basically switched up qualitatively the kinds of foods that are showing up on my plate versus back then, you know, in the early 2000s, most conversations around health and wellness, or at least that I was consuming was about food quantity. It had nothing Mm -hmm. to do with food quality. Um, And so that really, I felt like I was going against the grain in some ways there. Um, and doing that, I realized that there are some foods, if I whittle down to a certain group of foods, I felt better. And, um, and that's just when I started diving into more research and I figured out it's, you know, the, how, how much of our health lives in the gut. And I wonder what, if I take some time and allow my gut to heal and I provide it with things to allow it to heal, if I can't then reincorporate some of these foods that I had eliminated in the name of reducing inflammation in my body. And after about a year being very patient and very, you know, not in a rush to go through this, cause I'd rushed through diets before and they never, and that never turned out well. Um, being very, very patient and keeping notes in a journal just to make sure I'm tracking things. And then all of a sudden, you know, fast forward, I've healed my gut. I probably have healed it a couple of times since then, you know, going on a round of antibiotics for one reason or another and like little mini healings. Um, and I have just been able to reintroduce just about every food group. Mm. I love that you are able to reintroduce and be okay. Because I think a lot of people who struggle, because this is so common struggling with food sensitivities. And a lot of people, they think, Oh, I'm going to have to do this forever. I'm going to have to go on this restrictive way of eating for forever. But ideally we want our bodies to be able to withstand these things again. So that's amazing. I love hearing that. And that shows up, you know, even talking about food quality that shows up in your books and you provide many recipes with nutrient dense meals. And I am a big fan of getting all the colors in all the flavors, because I think when it looks pretty, when it Mm -hmm. tastes flavorful, we digest it better. Have you seen that to be true for yourself as well? Absolutely. We do. We digest it better. Those foods complement one another really beautifully and we feel better. You know, there's a difference. Lunchtime is usually when I'm able to really pay attention to my body the best. Mm. And, you know, I eat, I can eat a lunch. Let's say if it's a, let's say it's a kale slaw uh, with some roasted chicken and some roasted pumpkin, it would be very seasonal what we're cooking up in the Fed and Fit <laughs> kitchen right now, you know, and some pomegranates and some cashews. That sounds delicious. And I make the salad and I finish it. I feel energized after that salad, right? I've got uh, just about every color represented on my plate, but I have a little pep in my step. Or if I, and I'm not to vilify a burger and fries because there's room for that. I make room for it. (laughs) Um, But if I have a burger and fries after I eat it and enjoy it as I want to, I'm going to feel a little down. I'm going to feel a little tired, a little bit more sluggish. And so it's just so interesting. And what I really like to walk folks through is to just choose that powerfully. You know, there's this 
feeling a little sluggish after the burger and fries does not have to be a spiral into guilt. It could just be, that's what I chose. I wanted the burger and fries and I know going into it, I'm not going to feel my best. It's like, mm-hmm. we just, you know, got our off the heels of Halloween candy season. I'm going to, we know that we don't feel great when we eat candy, but we, and we might treat ourselves if we want a little bit. Um, and so just being more mindful about that when you really want to feel great, keep your plate really varied, colorful, um, with a lot of fresh, wonderful ingredients, and it'll do just that. I totally agree. I I love how you share that. It's so important to just even having that self-awareness and knowing how food makes you feel. You know, so many people, they just want to eat how they're told or how many calories or macros, but it does seem like there's been a shift to listening to your body and finding what works for you, which is really exciting. Yes, absolutely. And with that, I think this is a really good time to thank our sponsor for today's episode. Today's episode is sponsored by Green Chef. You know, we were just talking about how to make food more flavorful, colorful, nutritious, and nourishing. Well, Green Chef is a CCOF certified meal kit company. Green Chef makes eating well easy with plans to fit every lifestyle. Whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free, or just looking to eat more balanced meals, Green Chef offers a range of recipes to suit your preferences. With Green Chef, you get hand-picked organic veggies and premium proteins so you can feel great about what you're eating and how it got to your table. Some of my favorite Green Chef recipes that we recently tried were this uh, Moroccan shrimp bisque. It was so delicious. I wasn't quite sure what my husband was going to think about the spices because they're not typically the kind of spices we use in meals, but he too agreed that it was delicious, it was filling, and it was really simple to put together, which is helpful for me as a busy mom. The other thing I really loved was a creamy chicken with caper sauce. The directions are all so easy to throw things together. Green Chef's pre-made and pre-measured sauces, dressings, and spices get this chef-curated flavor in less time, so it does feel like you're making a fancy meal at home, but you are not taking the time to do it or to hunt down those fancy ingredients. Whether you're looking for carb-conscious, gluten-free, plant-based, or calorie-conscious, options, or you just want to have delicious balanced dishes like I do, Green Chef has flavorful, good-for-you recipes that are sure to satisfy. I will also add that Green Chef is the first ever and only keto meal kit on the market. Green Chef makes sticking to a carb-conscious lifestyle easy, and I know a lot of people are doing that right now for their health in the new year, so this is a fabulous option. Go to greenchef.com slash spark 130 and use code SPARK130 to get $130 off plus free shipping. Go to greenchef.com slash SPARK130 and use the code SPARK130 to get $130 off plus free shipping. That's Green Chef the number one meal kit for eating well. Now I'm sitting here with Cassie Joy Garcia. She is the author of Cook Once Dinner Fix. We, we talked a little bit about making meals more colorful and delicious and nutritious, but let's get into your book. Cook Once Dinner Fix is a little different than what you've had in the past. And I want you to share a little bit about what that what makes that unique and a little bit of the background behind your book. I'd love to. So Cook Once Dinner Fix was, it was a, uh, a solution that I personally was looking for. I was having, I love to cook. It's my chosen profession, right? This is what I do is develop recipes for a, over a decade now. And still getting a dinner on the table every night was a real struggle for me. I was 
real, I have two small kids. I have a three and a half year old, a one and a half year old, um, and very soon a newborn, but it, there's something that happens despite my planning and despite my prepping and all of those, my best intentions, I, every time dinner would roll around, I would feel rush or like it was this impossible task to pull off. And even if I did pull it off, I was essentially putting food on the table and I was like, okay, here, eat it. Uh, please eat it. Cause I just put so much effort into it. Mm -hmm. And also prepping dinner happens to overlap, at least with my small children with when they need me most, you know? Yeah. And so it's like, you're standing there next to a skillet sauteing and the uh, baby wants to be held. And so you're like trying to body block her from anything that might flatter. And so it's just, it was always felt like such a struggle. And I thought there's got to be a better way. My grocery budget was always blown because I was finding recipes and then shopping and, and just hoping mm -hmm. it would end up on budget. Um, I was spending too much time making dinner and there was this feeling after making dinner, I don't know if other people feel this way, but I, I'm just going to admit it. I did. After I spent, let's call it 45 minutes making dinner. And then we spend five and a half minutes eating it, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, at best some days. And then, and then I'm standing at the sink. Uh, Cause my husband washes the kiddos right now, especially with the big old baby belly. And I wash the dishes and for 20 minutes, call it. And I'm like, gosh, all of that time and effort for five and a half minutes, you know, and it was just like, and I felt like I had nothing else to show for it. Now, of course, I'm proud. I was able to feed my, and I'm honored to be able to put food in my family's belly. It's like, what a treat. Yes, sure. But I was like, gosh, I wish I could have something to roll forward. And so I wanted to make it, I wanted to do just that. I wanted to give myself more wins and make it easier. So cook one's dinner fix is a very unique cookbook in that it is organized instead of chapters by like appetizers and sides and mains and desserts It is organized by um the way you would probably plan meals for your family is you're like on Wednesday we have chicken right I want to pull up and so you would open up the poultry chapter they're organized by main ingredients so there's poultry beef pork seafood and vegetarian and you would open that up and then the way the recipes are organized is they're actually full dinner ideas uh, that are stitched together in pairs. And so that utilize as one common ingredient between the two. And so that builds in this like ability to food prep, to meal prep without having to cash in half of your Sunday, you know, cooking a whole bunch of food in advance. And so um, let's say it's Monday and you're going to roast a chicken for the first meal. And the first dinner is roasted chicken with roasted vegetables. All of it goes into the oven, super simply done. I'm going to hold your hand. It is very easy to follow. And then you're going to enjoy half of that chicken. Let's say if you're two people, hypothetically, two people eating, you're going to enjoy half of that chicken for dinner on your first night, fresh roasted chicken with the fresh roasted vegetables. Sounds delicious. The other half of that roasted chicken is going to head into the refrigerator as a lot of a lot of you would, right? But this has already got a plan baked in because we're going to take that chicken and shred it and turn it into Indian style butter chicken over white rice. Totally different meal. And when you're ready to make that butter chicken, you're already got have a huge leg up. Half the work is done because the mm -hmm. chicken is cooked and that's the most challenging part. And so that's how this book is organized are those pairs. If you make a pork shoulder and you cook a pork shoulder down, 
I'm going to show you how to make two totally different meals with it so you don't have food boredom and you're able to make the meals even easier. So there's 60 of those pairings, so 120 complete meals in the book. That's a lot. 120 meals? Wow. Okay. Well, I have tons of follow-up questions, but before we can get there, I want to take a second and thank our sponsor for today's episode. Today's episode is sponsored by Pros. There's no one-size-fits-all solution when it comes to hair care. A product that works wonders for curls might make straight hair limp and greasy. I know for me, I have always battled hair that is fine, but not super thin. And so finding a shampoo and conditioner and hair routine that involves products that don't leave my hair looking greasy or limp or brittle, that's a big deal. Thanks to my personalized pros routine, I can honestly say that I've never been more in love with my hair. Pros makes custom hair care that's effective because it's personal. Using natural ingredients with proven results, Pros customizes every product in your routine from shampoo to supplements. First, Pros starts by asking about you as a person with their in-depth consultation. Pros asked me some really unexpected things like what zip code do I live in? What are my eating habits? How, how many times a day do I eat vegetables? The damage level of my hair, how often I exercise, things like that. Next, Pros analyzed all my answers and determined what unique blend of ingredients should be in every product of my custom routine. Together, Pros got all my hair goals covered. Like I said, my hair is a little bit fine and can look limp, lacking body and volume, and I'm trying to grow it out. And so that's a really big deal for me to make sure that it doesn't look too limp. Well, with these products and with the supplements that I'm taking, I can tell you that my hair looks thicker than ever before. And I love styling it because it's so shiny. It has more body. I am loving it. As a carbon neutral certified B Corp, Pros is an industry leader in clean and responsible beauty. All their ingredients are sustainably sourced, ethically gathered, and cruelty-free. They're also the first custom beauty brand to go carbon neutral. If you're not 100% positive Pros is the best hair care you've had, they will take the products back, no questions asked. Pros is the healthy hair regimen with your name all over it. Take your free in-depth hair consultation and get 15% off your first order today. Go to pros.com spark. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash spark for your free in-depth hair consultation and 15% off. Now, Cassie Joy, getting back into your book, we're talking about all of the meals that you planned and prepared before you put this book together. And you mentioned that there are 120 different meals in there. So, I mean, it's a brilliant concept and it does save time. But one of my first thoughts was that's a lot of work for you to come up with that. I know you do have a team, but how long did it take for you to come up with all of those different variations? It was quite an undertaking. Um, and I actually did the, the recipe development for this book. I've done the recipe development for all three books myself. And this one was, it was a different kind of challenge. It wasn't impossible because to be honest, I've been cooking this way or it didn't feel impossible because I've been cooking this way in my own home. And when I was thinking about how I wanted to, um, share this with my audience, I was like, oh my gosh, or how can we solve this problem? I thought I, I've been doing this, you know, I've been roasting the chicken and using it in two different meals. Um, and so it probably took me about three to four months of planning and doing initial testing. And then a good another three months of testing. I wanted to make everything at least three times before we sent it off to official recipe testers. So was your family, your Guinea pigs? 
Yes. This, okay. Cause I found my kids really, and I just echo everything you said, mealtime can be so stressful. And I, I always tell people a body and stress can't digest. So if mealtime is stressful, it really changes the way we digest and absorb our nutrients. And we want it to be, you know, a good experience for everybody. But if I'm frustrated because my kid is throwing, you know, a mutiny over there, refusing to eat anything, even if it's something he's had before, that makes it stressful for me, for my husband, for everybody. And your meals are super simple and easy, but they're good. And my kids actually ate them. I will say that's a huge deal in my house. (laughs) I'm so glad. Yeah. They're very kid friendly. Um, What were some of your family's favorites? I'd love to know. Oh gosh. Well, last, just last night we did the Southwestern Turkey casserole in the poultry chapter. There are Turkey tenderloins. And what you do is you take, if you haven't seen a Turkey tenderloin, it looks a whole lot like a chicken breast and they're probably in your grocery store and you probably just haven't paid attention to them, (laughs) but they're there. And I really, there is, you can, you know, you cannot turn off the switch in your head of a holistic nutrition Uh, the way you think in movies, it's just, I can't turn it off. And so when I'm building out a cookbook, I'm thinking, how can we get as much variety Mm -hmm. involved in here as possible while leaning on accessible ingredients? And so Turkey Tenderloin was one of those. And so making sure Turkey was represented. Um, And so Turkey Tenderloin, so what we do is we roll these turkeys around these turkeys (laughs) What a visual that is. We roll these little turkey tenderloins around in this maple and chipotle sauce. And then that gets baked until they're, until they're done cooking. And they're so just juicy and so flavorful. Half of it we slice up for meal one and serve with roasted sweet potato and the rest of the sauce, which I've turned made creamy style with some lime juice and some mayo. It's fabulous. My family loves that dinner. And then the rest of the already cooked turkey, I chop it up into little bitty cubes and serve it in a casserole dish with some beans and corn and sauteed peppers. Um, And then the turkey goes on and then I put a layer of cheese and then I make this cilantro lime sauce that we drizzle on top and my girls just gobble it up. My husband's happy because he just loves the, the casserole kind of experience, you know, the mm-hmm. just take a big scoop or a big slice <laughs> kind of thing. Um, and then my girls love it because they can pick out the beans and the corn right? and anything that they can see, you know, they, they really, that has a lot of color um, and variation they really get into. So that's definitely a favorite. Yeah. And I, I like that you mentioned how you rotate. I, I think it's so important to rotate what we're eating. We're not eating the same thing all the time, because I think that that can create for certain susceptible people, more sensitivities, more issues. And so I love the variety concept. And uh, I I love that you're, you use your kids as guinea pigs, because I think that's important. This isn't just like, I think sometimes we read recipe books from people that like, don't have kids or don't really know how the mom life is. And you, this is real life stuff, you know, that you have been through that you're through yourself. I'd love to know, you know, because you have young children, I know a lot of listeners are also moms have children and time management is an issue when we want to get stuff done. Um, we have goals when we have, you know, things we want to accomplish how do you handle that? Because you've got kids, you've got a husband, you've got this company. What are your secrets? Oh my gosh. My secret is there's no secret. And I still have meltdowns. I mean, I left the house this morning. Um, I was one minute late this morning, but I was so, I so did not want to be late. I wanted to be early uh, this morning. And there, you know, you still have those mornings. And I was like, I got to get the clothes 
from the washer to the dryer because they cannot sit there all day. And that needs to be worth me being one minute late, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> so there's still like, whatever I'm about to say, I just want to establish that as context. <laughs> so I'm not <laughs> crushing it. I don't know that anybody's crushing it. Um, but you know, the way I approach it is more of a mindset. Yes, there's a lot going on, but I have found that the more firm my boundaries are around family time and work time, for example, and even time with my husband, you know, having a date night to go out, mm -hmm. the more I honor, the more I am intentional about setting boundaries and, and then upholding and honoring those boundaries, the healthier I feel in terms of time management um, with how I move through it all. I had a really uh, wise friend and mentor tell me a couple years ago, I was on a, I was on a work trip and my, my firstborn Grayson, she was about a year old <clears throat> and I was still nursing her. And I remember telling her this lady, who's a mom of slightly older three kiddos. And I remember telling her, I was like, oh my gosh, I just, I was at my, the first longer trip away. And I was like, I'm just feeling guilty. Should I be here? Should I be home? And she looked me in the eyes and she was like, number one, she's fine. She's going to be fine. She's not going to remember this. This is great for her and her dad. And number two, she's like, you can't. And I was like, I'm just having a hard time wearing all of these hats at the same time. And she was like, you can't, that's the problem is you're trying to wear the same hats at the same time. You have one head. And so she was like, just remember you can have it all, but you cannot have it all on the same day. Mm. And it was such a great gut check for me because I, what I realize and what I've put into practice and how it's blossomed into my life is when I'm at work, I really try to be at work. Right. And I don't give mental real estate to the shoulds of motherhood while I'm here. And then when I'm home, I'm home, you know, and my team knows that. And anybody who I work with, I just have a, this. Yes. So do I miss out on things? Yes. Work-wise I do because I'm not working at night or in the morning, but that is how I'm able to really be there with my family. Um, and then, and it, and it's so interesting as like fellow nutritionists, it's like thinking about, you know, there are days where I'm crushing it as a mom and there's days when I'm crushing it at work, but they don't happen at exactly the same time. And so I just kind of gave that up, but it's a lot like getting food on the plate. You know, when you think about the foods that you're eating throughout the day, you are no one meal is the perfect meal. Hmm. There's no way there's like, you don't, there's no way to get the absolute, every single micronutrient perfectly balanced all on one entire plate for a reasonable meal. But when you're looking at your week, the seven days, could you have touched all those boxes and checked all those boxes and, and maybe have touched all those nutrients? Yes. And so that's the way I kind of look at my time management and balancing. If I, if there is such a thing, motherhood and work and being a wife and friend and all of these things is that over the span of seven days, did I touch everything meaningfully? I like that. That's really good. And, and wherever you are, be all there, you know, and yes. it sounds like that's, I, I think that's so important for all of us to remember because it is that, that mom life, work life balance is so difficult. And we can sometimes have days where we feel like we're not doing any one thing, right. You know, <laughs> I know yeah. I've fallen into that trap many times. So, um, with going back to the food and your, cause I love that idea of, 
even, you know, like the no perfect meal thing. But if we can just like little by little every day include this here and this there, and it seems like that's kind of how you have even your book set up, like Mm -hmm. with cook once eat all week, that's a, you have a whole prep day and it's a wide range of, do you want to talk about that one for a little bit? Sure. Yeah, you bet. Cook once eat all week was the, my answer to what I thought I saw was like the meal prep problem. At least it was a problem for me. It was broken the system because to meal prep for the week, I was spending six plus hours in my kitchen on a Sunday, Mm. usually cooking in advance. And I can't also like, I can't turn off thinking about nutrition. I can't turn off the fact that I'm a mom now. And it's like, as a working mom, those weekend hours are so precious. And I didn't want to spend that time in the kitchen away from my kids, you know, or like set them up to go play with somebody else so that I could focus on making food that by Wednesday, I was tired of anyways, mm-hmm. you know, because it was all pre-cooked and I was just reheating it. And so cook once eat all week was, um, really a bit of a love letter to folks who also felt like they were in that similar situation, wondering if there could be a better way. And so what we do with cook once eat all week is we combine the approach of meal prep with batch cooking and we marry those two together. And so instead of totally cooking all of our meals all the way through so that, you know, when Tuesday rolls around, um, the casserole's done and we just put it in the oven or the chili's done and we just reheat it. Instead of that, we have pre-cooked the, all of the meat that we need for three big dinners, the vegetables and the starch that we need for these three big meals. And then we just cross assemble Mm -hmm. those into three different dishes. And so there is still a required prep day in cook ones, eat all week, but it's, it, it depends on how confidently you move through the kitchen and how quick you are, but anywhere between one and two hours versus, um, what I was doing, you know, the five and six hour stints. Yeah, it's still saving time. And I, I'd love to know your thoughts on, cause people would say, oh, eating more of a whole foods diet is going to be expensive. Mm. How do you believe eating in this way that it will save people money over time? I do. And it, you just have to change the way you shop. Mm. I think you just have to, instead of picking, yes, if you choose, if this is how some people, and I say some people, because I've been in this camp meal plan is they scroll on Pinterest and they get four dishes, four recipes that they want to make that week. Right. And then they go and look up all the ingredients and then they go grocery shopping. And what happens is they wind up spending a small fortune on groceries because those four recipes probably call for various different things, you know, an eighth of a teaspoon of this one oil or whatever it is. Um, in like foods that may not necessarily be in season. And so Mm -hmm. what I say is let's grocery shop and then have, and, and then shop the sales, shop the deals. Um, and in this super healthy way of living, there are sales and deals. You can shop locally and seasonally and save yourself a bundle. Um, and so the way that I like to move through meal planning is going, let's say I'm going to the grocery store. I've actually already pre-stocked in my freezer. Um, anytime I'm walking through the grocery store and I see my favorite organic chicken breasts are on sale, I grab three pounds of them mm-hmm. and I pop them in the freezer. Um, or if my favorite grass-fed ground beef is on sale, I'm like, oh, hot dang, I'm going to get five pounds of it and stick yep. that in the freezer. <laughs> Cause I know I'm going to go through it. And, and so when I'm ready to meal plan, 
I start by opening up my freezer and I see what I've got and I use what I've got. And I bought all of those things in my freezer when they were a better price for me. Or you could always, there's a great organization, eatwild.org, um, if you're interested in connecting with local ranchers and farmers. Um, and it's a great index. And if you've ever thought about a cow share, and it doesn't have to be a mm -hmm. whole cow, you can get a half a cow or a quarter of a cow and, and even go in on a quarter of a cow with a couple friends. Um, and that's another really great way to save is to shop in bulk. Yeah. Yeah. Those are great tips because I think that that part of things can, that can be intimidating for people. If they're wanting to cook more, if they're wanting to be more intentional with their meals. And I think, yeah, buying while it's on sale and stocking up is huge. I also think that, um, a lot of the recipes I found that are in your book are things that I already have on hand. They contain items that I already have on hand, yes. you know, and so that makes it pretty easy. And so it's like, I can just pull things out of my pantry and go, Oh, I'll just add this. And, you know, right now groceries seem to be more expensive in general. Yes. Right. And Absolutely. so this is a great way to, I'm thinking as people enter the new year are wanting to establish new habits with their families, incorporate more vegetables. I'm always going to be a fan of that. This is a way to do that without breaking, breaking the bank and also without stressing out too much. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. You know, we can't unlive the, the days we went through of quarantine life and <laughs> cooking from our pantries. Right. And mm -hmm. that definitely had an influence over how I recipe develop and what you're going to see in this book is what do we probably have on hand? And I want to make mm -hmm. sure things are as easy to find as possible. Yeah. You know, and it's, there's one recipe, uh, it was the perfect carnitas that mm. was delicious. We've made twice now. Um, we Aww. made, even, we had, uh, some friends over and they were so impressed with our meal and the, it's the green sauce that's in there. That is magical. It is so yes. good. Well, and I ended up using, I didn't have, I couldn't find the organic sour cream that I like. And so I got, I used an organic yogurt and I was like, oh, well now we have probiotic, <laughs> you know, um, green salsa and everybody loved it. So I love it. Uh, it was great. The tomatillos, I will say there's a trick with tomatillos because sometimes they're a little bit sour, huh? Have you, yeah. you got to kind of cut the sourness. It's tricky, but, um, that, that recipe is great. It's so good. Oh, I'm so glad that's a favorite in our house also. Okay. And then that sticky honey, garlic pork that goes with mm. it is mm. another favorite. So good. Yeah. I think the, the sauce that I got to use with that was a little too spicy for one of my kids. I thought it was great. I love spicy, but you know, it just depends on what sauce you're going to get. Yeah. So I'd love to know, you know, what are some of your favorites? So let's go first with favorite kitchen items. Like what can you not live without if you're cooking, if you could just pick like one thing, what do you have to have? I think you have to, I'm going to be really basic here. I think you have to have a sharp knife. I'm not even going to say a high yeah. quality knife just a sharp one. And you do not need to spend a fortune on a knife, but if you are still cooking hear me now, if you're still in your kitchen and my mother-in-law bless her is, was one of these people until I started Christmas gifting her <laughs> her kitchen. But this woman is an incredible cook and, but she didn't think that she was all that. And so she didn't think that she deserved nicer cooking materials and she was cut, chopping up all of her vegetables on, you know, those, and I had them too, those flimsy, super thin plastic cutting boards mm -hmm. with paring knives. That's how she was <laughs> cutting everything like those. And she would just get the paring knives, just a pack of them from the grocery store. And so it just in, just grab a like six, seven, eight inch length 
depends on how large your hand is and what you're comfortable with chef's knife. And it, and again, you do not need to spend a fortune on a knife. It does not have to be anything fancy, but just a nice sharp knife is going to really drastically improve your experience in the kitchen. Um, yes, the bell pepper will still be chopped the same way, but you are going to feel better. You're going to have a little more pep in your step. And honestly, proper tools are even safer to use. Yeah, I agree with that. And it, yeah, I agree. We had some real crappy knives for a long time and we finally invested in a good one. And I'm like, that's all I needed was yes. one good knife. So that's so funny. That's not what I expected you would say, but I absolutely agree. So let's see, would you pick slow cooker or instant pot? What would you prefer if you had to pick one? I am. I didn't think I'd say this. There was a day I didn't think I'd be here, but I'm an instant pot girl now. Wow. Okay. I am. I really am. And you know what? I feel like being a mom has probably influenced. I mean, the slow cooker is really great. I actually have my slow cooker out at home right now on my counter, make, working on a roast for me, but the instant pot, it, when I, when 3 PM rolls around and I think, oh, dang it, I'm, I was going to make that roast tonight. It allows me just, you know, I can just, I can make it in 45 minutes and it's done and it tastes just as great. And so I think you can build a little bit more depth and flavor in a slow cooker, but the instant pot is just so dang handy. That's good to know. I'm going to clip this and save it for my husband. Cause we still haven't gotten an instant pot. <laughs> it's like, do we need one more thing in the kitchen? I don't know, but that's, that's really good to know. So what about when you're cooking, do you listen, do you prefer silence, um, a good song playlist or podcast? Like what's your, what do you listen to while you're cooking? Oh gosh totally honest. Um, if my kids are in the house, we have some sort of music playing right for everyone to enjoy. But if they're out of the house is like the only time that I get to watch TV of what I want okay. of the whole day, because it's either, I don't know, it's sports center on the weekend or, you know, kid or a kid program, um, in the morning while I'm getting ready. And so I'll, I just, tacky reality television brings me joy. Yeah. (laughs) I'm with you. I still watch the challenge on MTV. I've never admitted that on the podcast before, but yeah, I'm honored. (laughs) It's, it's still a thing. So I get it. I get that. Okay. Love this. All right. So if you could pick one meal to have every single week, I'm not going to say every single day, because that's ridiculous. But if there's like just one thing that, you know, that you could have every week and be fine with that without getting sick of it, what would it be? You know what we have just about every week uh, because I love it that much are chicken dumplings. Oh, really? And you make those gluten-free? Yeah. Well, I don't make, I buy them frozen. It's my, it's my like, so I do four meals that are cook once dinner fix style, how I meal plan for my family. And then we have one night that is either spaghetti and red sauce or chicken dumplings with some sort of a stir fry. And it's, I think it's real clearly I don't work with them because I can't remember exactly the brand name. It's either real good foods or, uh, feel good foods. It's one of those two find them in the grocery store in the freezer section and they're gluten-free and they are so good. My family will polish off two boxes in a night. And it's, it's again, a luxury item, um, because it's an already prepared food, but I love it. The dumpling sauce. I just can't get tired of it. Yeah. And some inconvenience goes a long way. So <laughs> there's, when I get home and it's a dumpling night, I'm like, 
oh, like it's just a breath of fresh air. Yeah. Yeah. What would you say to somebody who wants to, I mean, just going back to gluten-free because it is a hot topic, but the more I am just getting myself educated on health and wellness, a lot of people could benefit from being gluten-free, but it's, it's scary. It's intimidating. What would you recommend? What are some good swaps that you've found that have been helpful for you? You know, the good news is, is that if you're going to go gluten-free in 2021, 2022, we got options. Yes. When I, when I went gluten-free 10 years ago, we were making our own flour mix mixtures, you know, from scratch. And there's just so many lovely options out there. So I just want to encourage you that you will not feel like you're going without, I really don't think you will, unless you're at an Italian restaurant and there is a bowl of crusty bread that's like, there's usually no way around that one. Um, but I would say get a really good gluten-free flour. Um, I actually really, the King Arthur flour, uh, mm-hmm. one for one is fabulous. I can use it in, I've, I've, because of that flour, I can pull up any dish, any baked good and bake it with that flour. And I have a pretty good idea that it's going to work. And so I would say that's a really great flour to have on hand. Um, I should go stock up right now. Otherwise y'all are going to buy, buy it all for the holidays. Uh, I'm looking in my pantry right now, get a pasta that you really enjoy, yeah. you know, gluten-free pastas behave differently and just know that, just know that don't expect it to be the same, you know? Mm. And if you, as long as you don't expect it to be, it's not like when you are deciding between potatoes or squash for dinner, you know, you're not expecting the squash to taste like a potato. They're going to be a little bit different mm-hmm. and they're going to behave differently. And I would say a gluten-free pasta would be the same way because we don't have that gluten structure to really hold everything together. Um, and so you're going to have to adjust your cooking habits, but stock up on it. So you've got that spaghetti for the night that when you want it, the trips, I'm going to just put them out there in case anyone's wondering, cause I want to help them. But if you're struggling with gluten-free pasta, make sure you cook with more water than you think you're going to need a little bit more water. Cause it releases more starch into the water and it can create a gummier noodle. So cook with lots of water, stir the noodles several times as they go. Cause they tend to stick to each other. Otherwise, and then after the noodles are cooked and drained, give them a rinse with cool water, again, to remove that starch. Um, whereas when you're cooking with wheat flour pasta, some of that starch can be really nice. You know, when you're making a pan sauce or something like that, gluten-free starch water can be really sticky. Anyways, mm-hmm. I just wanted to make sure I threw that out there. Yeah, no, those are great tips for sure. And I've found my family really likes the chickpea pasta and the lentil pasta. And yes. I think those are good options. If you can get past the, the little herby flavor yes. and scent when you cook it, but um, yeah, I, we don't even know the difference anymore. And so you're right. We do live in a good time for options. Yes. So, yeah. So let me ask you my favorite thing that to ask people is, you know, the name of the show is sparking wholeness. So if you could give one piece of advice to spark someone toward wholeness, what would it be? Oh gosh, what a great question. I would say, you know, I think that I, I'm going to speak to people who are like me. Um, I, I find that if you find that you are feeling like you're kind of rushing through the day or tumbling through the day and uh, reacting, you know, to the day's agenda, I think that what I would encourage you to do is, and and I am a big proponent of lots and lots of sleep, but if you can get up five minutes early, okay, just five minutes. That's all I'm talking about before the house wakes up. And just sit and do something for yourself. Maybe that's 
journaling. Maybe that's even planning, like pulling out your planner for the day. Maybe that is getting uh, that cup of coffee poured and enjoy the first three sips before you forget about it for three hours, you know, or maybe that's, um, that's when I like to do my Bible study, for example, but just five minutes, even in the morning, that is just for yourself to set the tone for the day, I think can help nip that feeling in the bud of tumbling through the day and the day happening. And then you lay down at night and you're like, gosh, what happened? Mm-hmm. You know, I feel so rushed and like, I didn't really, I wasn't even, was I able to do everything? I don't know. That feeling of like, something's missing. Um, on the days where I feel like, and I've told my team here, when I leave here, I'm like, gosh, I feel like I'm missing something. What am I missing? And it's probably what's missing is just quiet time to set an intention for the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is powerful because we're so we wake up and hit the floor running and there's no time for even a thought, you know, um, we don't take enough time for stillness for breathing. I'm a big fan of breath work. And so, yeah, I, I agree with that. I'm so glad that you shared that. So tell me where can people find your book and give us your website and any other little, you know, special places you want to send them on the web. Yes, you bet. <laughs> so cook one's dinner fix. Uh, my new book is available everywhere. Books are sold, but all of my books are, um, but if it's everywhere online that you can possibly think of, I think Target's got it, Barnes and Noble, all of those places. And if you have a small local bookstore that you really like supporting, reach out to them. They can get it and you can buy it through them. Um, so that's available everywhere. And then all of my recipes, fedandfit.com has thousand plus free recipes there for you. Uh, and that's where the team spends all of really all their time and energy is keeping that just a really great place to be on the web. And then on social media, I'm probably the most active on Instagram and where I do a lot of demos of the center series concepts. So those are saved to highlights if you just want to see more of it. Uh, and the, my handle there is fed and fit. And you have an email newsletter as well with fed and fit, right? Where you have like weekly ideas and recipes, things like that. Exactly. We do. Thank you so much. Yes. Um, there's a weekly newsletter that we send out every Friday morning and we offer, we build you a weekly meal plan. It's a gift. If the newsletter is free, um, of course we give you links to like all the latest stuff. So if you're wanting to know what's new on Fed and fit and what's happening behind the scenes, every once in a while we have like coupon codes and things like that. We'll always find their way in the newsletter, but we give a meal plan. And sometimes that's just so helpful to be like, here's some inspiration. And what we do is we weave together recipes from the website with things like it, that you can find in the book. Yeah. I love it. And I, I think that's, that it really is a gift for people that you guys are putting in a lot of work. You're doing a lot of work. You're just giving it away. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it just goes to show how passionate you are about introducing people to whole food nutrients and a different way of eating. Because I do think there's so much to be said for colorful, enjoyable, tasty plates and meals mm-hmm. for even just helping to manage our stress and anxiety about food. It's got to be good. It's got to taste good. It's got to look good. And you do a great job of that. And so I'm just grateful for your work and for what you're doing. Thank you so much, Erin. This is so great to have you on the show. And I appreciate you taking the time, especially as you are going to be having a baby soon. So I appreciate it. And I, um, I'm just looking forward to see what's next. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This was a treat. The tiniest spark leads to the biggest blaze. And I hope that today's episode sparks you on a journey to healing and wholeness. 
Thanks for listening to Sparking Wholeness. For more information on what I do and my coaching programs, or maybe just to reach out and say, hey, find me at sparkingwholeness.com or on Instagram at sparkingwholeness. Have a fabulous week.